0: S.E.P. Fanfic Readings Presents Thanks to the Photographs by Unstable Hufflepuff Chapter 19 New Dreams Hermione wondered what sort of person she was to get the sick satisfaction she did upon discovering Ron and Lavender's marriage was a complete sham. Just a few days ago, she had been grieving the fact that Lavender was living the life she had always envisioned for herself, and now she knew that Lavender was aware of that, too, She knew that she was living Hermione's life. She knew that she was not supposed to be there. She knew that it was wrong every time someone called her Mrs. Weasley. She had been insecure. She had been jealous. And now she just about hated herself for it. Hermione was fucking beaming. Every one of the Weasleys knew that it was supposed to be her. Ron was miserable because it was supposed to be her. Lavender was alone in a house full of people because it was supposed to be her. Teddy, Victoire, and James had gone years without seeing her, because it was supposed to be her. But Ron and the overwhelming majority of his family had fucked it all up, and now he and his wife were miserable. Hermione had never labeled herself as vindictive. Sure, she had her moments. Four years ago, she had bumped into Marietta Edgecombe at the apothecary in Diagon Alley, and she still had the word sneak written across her face in purple pustules. But there was no other way to describe this feeling she had now, this pure, vindictive pleasure. There had been a fleeting thought earlier that told her to burn Lavender's letter without ever reading it, but now she wanted to frame it. She and Ron were considering a divorce. It was as though the world was finally writing itself. But what was Hermione supposed to do now? Was she supposed to write a response? What would she even say? Would the rest of the Weasleys, one by one, come crawling back to apologize? Would she have a family to spend Christmas with again? But no, that was out of the question. She couldn't let herself think like that. That dream had died. It had been buried in an unmarked grave for two years, and now it felt as though it had finally been laid to rest properly. Perhaps it was time for a new dream. She rose from her seat behind her desk, taking the letter with her, and left her office. She made her way up to her quarters, lost in thought, her feet moving of their own accord. Would she even be able to dream again? Was that something she was even capable of? For the last two years she had lived in the moment, and she had not let herself think about the future for even a second. Now it felt as though a weight had been lifted off her chest, and she was done grieving. It was time to move on, to create a new life for herself. But what sort of life did she even want? She didn't know any more. Hermione kicked off her heels and dropped onto her sofa, the letter still in hand. She set it down on her lap and stared at it, furrowing her brow. What did she want? For most of her life, she knew the answer to that question. In fact, she would have several answers prepared for anyone who asked. She wanted to be the Minister for Magic. She wanted to marry Ron Weasley. She wanted to make the Society for the Promotion of Elvish Welfare real. She wanted to have a family. She wanted to be respected by the wizarding community but she needed new dreams. She could still have some of those things if she worked hard enough, but right now she needed something different. She needed ideas. She needed to figure out what made her happy. She needed to discover what parts of her life required alteration. Hermione stood once more. She left Lavender's letter on the coffee table, slipped her heels back on, and did what she always did when she didn't have the answer to a question. She went to the library. The sun rose late in December, flooding the Hogwarts library with light at around seven in the morning. Hermione sat at her old table, the one that had Harry Potter rules carved into it, surrounded by stacks of old worn books, scattered parchment and quills, and a cup of tea that had gone cold. It was a familiar image, the only difference being that she was much older now, and wearing a slip of a dress with a tiny pair of black heels discarded on the floor next to her chair. Madame Pince would likely burst a blood vessel if she saw her now. Prefects who gained power, great wizards of the twentieth century, notable magical names of our time, an appraisal of magical education in Europe, and powers you never knew you had and what to do with them now that you've wised up, were piled unceremoniously on the table, many of them lying open on random pages that had sparked an idea she needed to write down at once. A list of interesting career paths, life goals, and subjects of study were set aside so that she could focus on the list directly in front of her. It was of all the things she liked about her life now, the things she did not want to change. Visiting the Potters. The pub with Neville, Hannah, Veronica, Luna, and Draco. Not Manor. Tea with Teddy. Draco. It had taken much internal debate in order for her to add the final thing to her list. It was, however, the best part of her life now. She found that no matter what life she attempted to envision herself for over the last several hours, her mind always drifted back to it. She didn't want a life that didn't include their banter, their ridiculous play-fighting, their surprisingly domestic relationship, their petty arguments, their drunken stumbles, the sex. She wanted it all. Was she allowed to want those things? Did Draco want them too? Yes, this relationship, whatever it was, was clearly something he did not object to. But what if she wanted more? He may have changed his views, but anything more with her could possibly tear his family apart. She certainly didn't like Lucius and Narcissa Malfoy, but their love for each other and Draco helped to bring about the end of the war. If Narcissa Malfoy had not lied to Voldemort in the hopes of being reunited with her son, Harry would have been killed again, and this time he would have stayed dead. Hermione did not want to create a rift between Draco and his mother. But she wanted him. She wanted him so badly that she was shocked she had not realized it sooner. Was she allowed to care for him like that? She supposed it did not matter, for she already did. There was another list, one of the things she wanted to change. Image, family, lifestyle. It was a short list, but it covered quite a bit of ground. She wanted to be the golden girl again. She wanted to be the Muggleborn witch that other Muggleborn witches looked up to. She wanted to be referred to in the media as the brightest witch of her age, not a harlot. She wanted a place to call home, and she wanted to share it with someone— She wanted to do more than fool around and spend every weekend at the bottom of a bottle. She was sitting in the Hogwarts library, dressed as if she were heading to a nightclub. What was she doing? This wasn't her. Madame Pince would be opening the library any minute now. Hermione returned each of the books she had referenced to their shelves, gathered her notes, banished her teacup, picked up her heels, and left for her quarters. It was a Saturday, therefore, besides marking, there wasn't anything required of her. She could happily hole herself up in her living quarters for the remainder of the weekend, and that was what she planned to do. She finally stripped out of her dress, cleaned herself up in her ensuite, and put on a pair of sleep shorts and an old t shirt belonging to Harry. After summoning Creature, and asking for another cup of tea and a spot of breakfast, she sat down with her notes again, this time on the floor in front of her sofa. She had moved her coffee table to the side of the room to create more space for her notes. Using a large clip to hold back her hair, Hermione got to work. Within fifteen minutes, she had accumulated ten times the amount of notes she had before. The hardwood of the floor in front of her was no longer visible under the countless sheets of parchment, the littered quills, and multicolor pots of ink. Everything had to be color-coded, obviously. She was half-certain she had ink on her face, but it didn't matter. She was on a mission. Her career was the biggest issue she needed to solve, but she didn't think she could handle ever returning to the Ministry for Magic— She wanted to change opinions. That was the goal that accompanied her dream of being Minister for Magic. As much as she despised taking a page out of Voldemort's book, one of the best ways to do that would be by working at Hogwarts, shaping young minds. It was then decided that she would remain at her current post. She did, however, need to change the way she taught. She wanted to spark ideas in the minds of her students, not simply teach what needed to be taught. She wanted to show them how they could better the world around them, She wanted to make them think, make them wonder, make them dream. She needed new lesson plans. The old ones simply would not do. An owl arrived at her window, pecking the glass impatiently. She let it in, but ignored the letter it carried. She had more important things to do. If she wanted to remain at Hogwarts, she needed to make it her home, just as it had been when she had been a student herself. She looked around her quarters, the bland furniture, the blank walls— "'and added a shopping trip with Pansy to her to-do list. "'No one in the wizarding world knew what she had spent the last two years of her life doing. "'She needed to show them that she was still just as bright as she had been before her life blew up in her face. "'She needed to show them that she was stronger for it. "'She wanted to be remarkable, and she had been. "'But because she was a woman, and because her parents were muggles, "'she could not afford to make any more mistakes. "'She made a note to Owl Malcolm,' Perhaps he could give a statement revealing her to be his partner in his recent discovery on the multiplication of food. Perhaps he could ask Transfiguration today to publish another article, this time with her name on it. Is there anything else Creature can do for Miss Hermione?' Hermione jumped, nearly knocking over a pot of ink. Creature stood carefully at the edge of her notes, which circled her position on the floor as though serving as a barrier. She felt somewhat like a soldier hiding in the trenches." She glanced down to see that he had placed a tray of tea and crumpets on one of her lists. "'No, that's quite all right, Creature,' she said after a moment, her pulse returning to normal. "'Thank you.' "'Of course, Miss Hermione. Creature would do anything for the muggle friend of the great Harry Potter.' He gave her a bow, then vanished with a pop. Rubbing her tired eyes, Hermione reached for her tea and took a long sip. She could really use a cigarette right about now, she thought to herself, then hastily set down her tea in order to add, quit smoking, to her change of lifestyle list. An image of Harry dragging her through the Hogsmeade popped into her head, and she immediately wrote, reduce alcohol consumption, beneath it. If her parents could see the person she'd become, smoking cigarettes and drinking herself sick, they would have been dreadfully disappointed. She was not this person, she realized. She was not this person at all. It was true that her parents were no longer around to admonish her. They didn't even know who she was, but that didn't mean that she could keep acting the way she did. She should still aspire to be the sort of person they'd be proud of. Goodness! I was drinking on the Hulk's trip, she thought in horror. I'm a teacher, for heaven's sake! It was roughly two hours, or so she thought, before she glanced up suddenly to find Draco sitting in one of the armchairs opposite, resting his head in his hand, watching her in bewilderment she said, almost breathlessly. She set down the list she was currently working on, one that contained all of the items she needed to buy in order to customize her living quarters. "'Hello.' "'Hi, Granger,' said Draco apprehensively. "'You want to tell me what you're up to?' "Mm, M it's—well, you see—' Hermione chuckled nervously and returned to her list, saying no more on the subject. She needed decorative pillows, perhaps a new sofa altogether— Maybe it was a poor idea to ask Penzi for assistance in interior design. She had no interest in owning a zebra print rug. You never came back last night, Draco said quietly. She did need a rug, though. Something to tie the room together, make it more comfortable. Some photographs on the walls to personalize things. She would have to ask Harry for the items he'd been storing for her while she was away. Did you end up reading the letter? She should pick out new bedding. What theme did she want? What was her favorite color? She liked lilac, but she didn't want the place to look overly feminine. She wanted Draco to be comfortable there, too. Maybe a nice powder blue. I can see a to-do list from here that says, Speak to Draco on it. What's that about? Oh, that, I'll do that later, said Hermione distractedly, dipping her quill in more ink. I've got things to do right now. I can see that. Should she owl Harry now, or wait until later? She didn't want to inconvenience him. What time is it? Half past four. She looked up in surprise. Is it really? Draco gave her a concerned look. How long have you been working on this little project of yours? Hermione opened her mouth to respond, but quickly shut it again. She was fairly certain that admitting she had been at this since last night would worry him further. Granger. She pulled her knees to her chest, wrapping her arms around them, and lowered her head to stare at the list before her. Hermione... She was still in the planning stage. She could not speak to him now. She could not tell him that she wanted more from him. Her wanting more from him would ruin his life. She was not ready. She did not have all of the answers yet. What's going on? I'll tell you, I will, she said, her voice barely above a whisper. But, later. I can't. I'm not ready yet. She heard him sigh heavily. You have ink on your nose, did you know? Draco gestured to his own face. Just there. Hermione just blinked at him. Have you eaten anything today? I had breakfast, she said defensively. It's nearly nightfall, Granger. Look, she said, straightening up. I've got a lot to do at the moment. I haven't got time for whatever it is you came here for. I need to concentrate, Draco. This is really important. Right, said Draco bemused. I suppose I'll leave you to it then. He got to his feet "'smoothing out any wrinkles in his trousers, "'just as the door creaked open. "'Why, hello, Porter!" "'Harry froze midstep, staring at the floor. "'His mouth was hanging open. "'What are you up to, Hermione?' he asked after a moment. "'She won't say,' said Draco coolly. "'But it's apparently very important.' "'Ah!' "'It is!' exclaimed Hermione. "'You have ink on your nose,' said Harry. "'She let out an indignant huff.' I believe she is already aware of that, Potter. Are you all right, Hermione? Do you still have all those boxes from Ron and I's flat? Hermione asked Harry, disregarding his question. Um, yeah, I do. Why? I need them. This place is... Well, it needs some work. Okay, I can bring them over tomorrow, if you'd like, or maybe... That's excellent, Harry, thank you. Right. Harry shot a questioning look at Draco, who shrugged helplessly. "'Bill and Flo were over for dinner last night. "'They told us they'd come to see you.' hmm "'And that they gave you a letter from Lavender?' "'They did,' said Hermione absently, "'already having returned to her task. "'She stifled a yawn. "'Creature!' "'With a pop, Creature appeared before them. "'His eyes darted from Hermione to Draco, "'then finally landed on Harry. "'He dropped to his knees, bowing. "'Oh, Master Harry, Creature has missed you,' he croaked. "'Anything, anything you wish Creature will bring you.' "'Oh, that's—' Harry frowned at Hermione, then sighed, looking back at Creature, who was still hunched over in a bow. "'Actually, would you mind fetching us a pot of tea?' "'Of course, Master Harry. Creature is happy to get Master a pot of tea.' "'Hermione, have you eaten today?' "'Just breakfast,' she says,' said Draco disapprovingly. Uh, "'Something for Hermione to eat, too, Creature.' "'Yes, yes, right away, Master Harry.' Hermione wondered if she would have enough time while teaching at Hogwarts to conduct her own experiments, possibly continue her research. There was the summer holiday, of course. It was definitely a possibility. She wrote it down so she would not forget. "'Is that my shirt?' She found herself humming the tune of Weasley is our king to herself as she jotted down ideas for new teaching methods, which version of the song she was currently humming no one needed to know. A plate of shepherd's pie was placed in front of her, smudging the fresh ink, and she gasped, raising her head to glare at Harry. Eat, Hermione, he said sternly, practically rustling the quill out of her hand so he could replace it with a fork. You can keep working once everything on that plate is gone. I can eat while I walk, Harry. Give me— For fuck's sake, Ranger. Back my quill! Strong hands settled on her shoulders, making her jump. She looked around to see Draco sitting on the sofa behind her. "'She hadn't noticed him moving. "'How much sleep did you get last night?' he asked, "'beginning to massage her shoulders. "'She let out a breath, her body relaxing almost against her will. "'I slept perfectly fine, thank you very much.' "'Harry eyed her suspiciously. "'Creature,' he said loudly, and Creature returned immediately, "'the small pop making Hermione flinch even though she knew it was coming. "'How long has Hermione been sitting here?' Old day, Master Harry.' "'Well, then.' "'I'd say it's time for a break.' "'Harry dropped into one of his armchairs opposite. "'Oh, a wise choice, Master Harry,' said Creature, nodding seriously. "'Miss Hermione has been up all hours of the night. "'Creature has brought her seven cups of tea.' "'Hermione glared at him. "'Thank you, Creature,' said Harry, sighing. "'You can go now.' "'With the final pop, Creature was gone. "'It's not as bad as it looks. "'Oh, really?' I came here to check on you, you know, since Fleur told me about Lavender's letter. I sent an owl so you would know I was coming. That was from you. Yes, Hermione, that was from me, he frowned. Did you read it? The letter? Yes, murmured Hermione, stifling another yawn as she sank further into Draco's arms. She groaned in pleasure when he reached a particular sore spot. It was incredibly enlightening. How so? Both Molly Weasley and Pavati Patil can kiss my ass— Draco snorted. And Ron and Lavender might be getting a divorce, but I don't know if you're supposed to know that, so pretend to be surprised if Ron tells you. Harry stared at her for a moment, then suddenly grinned. He slumped backwards in his seat, laughing in relief. Thank God! It was about fucking time, he said. I've only been telling him to divorce her ever since they got married. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love my nieces, but those two are just... It's hard to be patient with him when he's still with her. I'm surprised you're patient with him at all, said Draco coolly. Ron and Hermione are my best friends, said Harry, frowning at him. I reckon neither of them could do anything to change that. Harry is sort of like a child with divorced parents. They both stared at her, and Hermione shrugged. I'm not wrong, she said, and this time she could not hold back her yawn. All right, that's it. Draco stopped, massaging her abruptly. Eat your shepherd's pie, and then you're going straight to bed. But— "'But I'm not done yet!' said Hermione fretfully, straightening up. She quickly rubbed her eyes, as though that would keep her eyelids from becoming heavier, and she went to fix her smudged note, forgetting that she was holding a fork and not a quill. She reached for the discarded quill, only to have Draco yank it from her grasp. "'I need to do this, Draco. I need to. I have to fix it all. I need a plan. I can't simply—' "'What do you need a plan for, Hermione?' asked Harry worriedly. "'What's going on? Is this about the letter?' No, it's it's my life. It has to be. I can't keep... Breathe, Hermione. Draco grabbed her by the elbows and lifted her onto the sofa beside him, as though she weighed nothing. You can keep working on this tomorrow, but right now you need to take a break. Oh, I... Hermione sighed in defeat as he wrapped his arm around her shoulders, pulling her close. Again, her body relaxed of its own accord. I suppose I could take a small break, but I'll have to come back to it straight away. Harry chuckled. Sure, Hermione. She slowly got to her feet, her knees cracking horribly from being on the ground for so long. She took her plate of shepherd's pie, a cup of tea, and bade both Harry and Draco good night before heading into her bedroom. They were right, of course. She needed to let her mind rest for a bit, and then she could go back to planning. She shouldn't be making so many life-changing decisions whilst running on zero hours of sleep. First thing Sunday morning, however, she would be sitting right back down to work on the new Transfiguration curriculum. "'One thing was for certain. "'She would not stop until she had it all figured out. "'It had been a long time coming, "'but Hermione Granger was getting her shit together, "'and everybody was going to be sorry.'